Hello, and welcome to The Muppets, the sitcom, the podcast, presented by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we revisit The Muppets' grand return to television in the 2015 ABC series The Muppets and see how it holds up five years later. You can follow along with the series by revisiting The Muppets, which is now streaming on Disney+. I'm Ryan Rowe, your host for today's show, and our special guest today is the author of Jim Henson, The Biography, among many other great books, Brian J. Jones. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Ryan. I'm happy to be your sidekick again. Yes. uh, Listeners, well, these podcast episodes will be coming out in a different order, but listeners will soon be able to hear Brian once again on the Moving Right Along podcast, so uh, keep an eye out for that. That's right. I'm always, I'm always happy to, to join the gang of Tough Kid Pigs. Anyway, you guys are great. Uh, we love having you. So uh, thanks for joining us. And today we are here to talk about Little Green Lie. This is mm-hmm. the 14th episode of The Muppets. It aired on ABC on February 23rd, 2016. In this episode, Kermit tries to spare Robin's feelings and Gonzo tries to balance romance and friendship. So before <laughs> we get into each of these storylines... Uh, we generally start by asking our guests about their memories of the show from the original run. Although Brian, you're coming to this from kind of a, a different perspective. Yeah, I did not watch uh, the entire series in its, in its first run. I watched the first few episodes, but um, I I didn't get to watch the rest, and I don't remember why. Um, partly it's because I don't have cable, <laughs> oh. and I and I and I didn't have them, so. Um, so it was one on first run I missed them. So I was actually really glad to get to watch them all here now on Disney. Yeah, yeah, it's good. You can watch them all in a row if you want. Uh, do you know how many episodes in you got before you had to stop? I think I watched the first three for sure. I know that much. Okay, so those were all like the early episodes are a little rough. You know, they're all very entertaining, but some of the character stuff they still hadn't quite figured out what to do. So it's interesting that that's as far as you got. Yeah, well, you know, and, it, and it's, it's interesting to me because, um, you know, I mean, the, the narrative on it is that it, you know, it started off slow and, pick, you know, found its way and probably had it been given another season would have would have, would have righted the ship. And, I think so. You know, they were figuring out the character. Um, it's interesting sitting and so I kind of binge watched all these now knowing we were going to talk about it and sitting and watching them all right in a row. I thought they were, I thought they were great, actually. Um, yeah. I, I laughed out loud quite a bit. Now I, t- I t- and we'll talk about this a little bit. I cannot get enough of the Gonzo Rizzo, Pepe, okay, uh, group. But especially watching Pepe and Rizzo together. Uh, I mean, Steve Whitmire and it's Bill are just are just nuts. Yeah, um, so funny. So like, I I can't get enough of that one. So, but it, it was interesting watching them all right in a row. I think actually changes the way they look to you. That's probably true because you're probably more inclined to be charitable toward the stuff toward the beginning that doesn't work. I mean, the I will always say that the whole series is very funny. It's like it's full of great jokes and it it does just get better and better over the season. Yeah, and, and again we'll I mean and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit. I th- I think part of where they figured it out a little bit is, you know, when you do have pizza the consultant come in who says, yeah. you know, and and they decide that everybody needs to do something. It doesn't need it just need to be Miss Piggy's show. That is the right decision it could well be that that was planned the entire time um but you know Hmm. for for me that's you know in a way like the the, of the of the movies the the three in jim's lifetime the one that i like the least is actually great muppet caper because it's a little too heavy on miss piggy for me i like when Uh. the whole gang is in the mix 
So I think that by the time they get to it's maybe episode eight or nine, when they make the touch where everybody's going to get a part now of Piggy show, I think that's the moment almost when the, when the switch gets flipped. Yeah. And I think that um, was the can... first one after the hiatus when they switched showrunners. It could, could well be, could well be. And, and, and again, I don't know, you know, Bill Prady, Bill Prady definitely knows them up as well. Um, I don't know if that was his plan all along where he's like, let's show you what, ha-. you know, it's like when, you know, when Bane and Batman were going on in the comic books and, you know, mm. you had somebody else come in and was Batman and Denny O'Neill was like, well, everybody wanted a Batman that kills and we wanted to show them that was a bad idea. Um, maybe <laughs> now with the, maybe with the Muppets, they were like, well, let's show them what happens when actually like, you know, Kermit's not a, quite as in charge and it's very piggy centric and they're not all together and show you that, that that's, you know, you're not going to like that. It's <laughs> a risky decision, but <laughs> that, you know, who knows? I mean, yeah. it could be that, that, that they have that arc figured out. We're going to shake you up first and then, and then write you in the middle of this. Yeah. That would be quite a gamble. Uh, <laughs> well, and obviously it didn't pay off. <laughs> no, it so. didn't. Cause people <laughs> tuned in and saw Muppets who were not nice to each other and decided yeah. not to watch it again. So. Um, so yeah, uh, this is, uh, the one, this is where we see Robin, uh, for the first time in the series. So, uh, we can start with that storyline. This, uh, begins with Kermit arriving at the studio to find Zoot sleeping on the set. Uh, Kermit's getting the place ready for, uh, a visit from his nephew, Robin. He, he got Robin his own director's chair. Uh, he's doing this because Robin's parents split up. And he could re- really use him cheering up. Robin's parents, I don't know that we've ever really heard much about them. Yeah, that was a surprise to me and kind of a actually like a dark moment. I, for a minute, I was like, did somebody maybe catch and eat Robin's dad? Oh, no. we, we do, but we do find out, I think, that they're, that they're all still alive. But yeah, it was, that was a, like a shocking moment, actually. Yeah, it's yeah, especially because it's like, oh, Robin's parents have never really been mentioned before. And oh, too bad. Now they're <laughs> right. split up. Right, yeah, it's it's a it's a conceit of you know kids shows everybody's uncle somebody and so like Robin, right. Robin, we've never really asked the question. Does that mean that like Kermit has a brother, and that that's his yeah? Son? So it's like, what's the relationship here? I, I feel like I would have to to do a search for this, but I feel like there's been an interview at some point where somebody asked Kermit about that, and he said something to the effect of like. He has hundreds of brothers and sisters back That's in the right. swamp, and That's right. and Robin is the son of one of them, but he's not sure yep. which one or something like yep. that. Nope, you're, no, you're right. I do remember that now that you say that. Yeah, I, I get that confused, though, because Rizzo also makes jokes about his thousands of <laughs> brothers and sisters, so they, they both have big families. Uh, so yeah, Zoot says, uh, sure, nothing fixes a broken home like a chair. Which is a great joke. I, you know, Zoot traditionally doesn't talk a lot, so it's fun to see him as this sort of uh, just kind of offering disinterested commentary as he observed what Kermit's doing. Yeah, they they're kind of they kind of gave the all the various members of the mayhem a little more personal. I'm not necessarily sure I like Floyd as sort of the doomsday prep. No, 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 I do not. <laughs> that like, that, is, that but, does not make but, sense for Floyd. <laughs> but but I do appreciate you know that they they were like well let's 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 try to give them something beyond just being the bass player and the sax player. But yeah, I, I remember Dave Gold. Somebody said something about you know how they love Zoot and Dave Gold was like, why would you love Zoot? He doesn't <laughs> do anything. But, not much to him <laughs> but yeah. uh, but they're trying they're trying to put some flesh in the bones right I really appreciate yeah i think the most successful one maybe is janice where they just lean into her sort of hippie quality and she's just although kind of i just new I, can, I cannot stop watching the uvula on that puppet though yeah it's it's i think it has more grown more pronounced in recent <laughs> wow. years it's like the mouth is closing on it half the time yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think it used to be i think it's always been there but it didn't used to be quite so dangly yeah but yeah but you're right that's a that's a great character i, I like i like what they're doing with Janice. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, then Robin shows up. Uh, he's in the office. He we see him telling Scooter that he can't believe all the snacks are free. This is a very <laughs> high energy Robin. I think more so than we've seen before. On on the Muppet Show, he was always kind of the cute kid, but maybe a right. little bit more like. I mean, he he would perform and stuff, but I don't think he was quite as uh active animated yes as he is here and i have to say i actually i i like this scooter the the sunday fun times right right line that made me laugh out loud on that i i i like the way they do scooter on here Um, yeah still very earnest always apologizing for swearing when he says things like sunday fun time right so yeah it's kind of an unexpected thing for kermit to do which is he he jumps out from behind a, a corner and just kind of screams to uh, yeah. to, to scare Robin by way of a, a greeting. But it's it's something a fun uncle would do. I think that, yeah, that absolutely. works. And you know, then... it, it, it's, it's what strikes me on in watching this, especially when you compare it to the, to the Muppet show from the seventies is um, the, the puppets are all over the place. They're all over depth of field, you know, they're behind desks and then they walk out from behind desks and it's, you know, it's completely seamless. It's yeah. the, the puppetry is really impressive in 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 the series um it, yeah i mean convincing is you know is an an overused word when it comes to pumpery but like you really start realizing you're like wow these guys are in like you know this is the real world this is like actual furniture it's right not, like prop furniture they built for pups although i'm sure it is but uh it's just it's fascinating to me actually seeing them in an actual office space it's not the muppet theater right uh it, it gives it a very different feel yeah, and so much of it is shot with a handheld camera, which just yeah. makes it seem very immediate, like it's all really happening. Yeah, and and they look great. The, the puppets look great. We, you and I, were talking offline at one point, but the, the with the you know with the high def, you can actually see all the little bits of fur and fleece on everybody. But they the puppets look fantastic. Yeah, I think for the most part they do. Yeah, yeah, it's great to see although, them in you, HD. And... Although, although you and I were saying again off offline here, this I'm I'm not impressed with the build on this Fozzie. Yeah, Fozzie has seen some better days, but I yeah I don't. Someone can correct me on this. I I think there was something about the material that he used to be made out of is not available anymore, or they had to yeah. switch for some reason. So yeah, I I can't tell. I can't put my finger on it. There's something about the mouth shape, even the face almost yeah. looks flatter to me. I can't put my finger on it, but it's 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 a it's a different build, and I don't hmm. like it as well. Well, you would think they would still have the original patterns that he's you would think always so. been made from, but. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, yeah, so and yeah, so Kermit pops out and screams. That's when Scooter says "Monday fun times," and then he apologizes <laughs> for cussing in front of a child. Yeah, I do <laughs> like most of what this series does with Scooter. I've said on this podcast before. I'm not crazy about the stuff with his mother's boyfriend Ken. <laughs> But although, although every time that line comes up, I would laugh. Though I have to say, yeah, it's I like mean, Michael, it's like Michael Scott's terrible childhood and his yeah. boyfriend there too. But yeah, yeah, the unseen uh, mother's boyfriend, <laughs> I, I do, Ken. and I, I do love his Chelsea Handler crush as well. So yeah, that one was fun. Yeah, that was a good one. <clears throat> uh, we should also mention uh, that this episode is probably the most prominent uh, performance of Matt Vogel's uh, Robin he sort of took over a bunch of Jerry Nelson characters at the same time, but then he hadn't really done much with Robin before Uh, this. Yeah. Um, But since this time, uh, he is no longer playing Robin because he's now playing Kermit and Robin has been played by uh, Peter Lins in recent years. So this is, uh, I I guess this will always be Matt Vogel's uh, most prominent 
Robin performance. His debut as Robin. Yeah. Now, who, uh, who's performing Scooter? Is that Peter Lenz too? Uh, Scooter is David Redman. David Redman. That's, okay, that's right. Yeah, he took over Scooter and uh, Janice. So Robin is very excited to hang out with Miss Piggy. And this is uh, when Kermit explains in a, one of these Talking Head interviews that the three of them always had a great time together. It's funny, but it I don't think it really has any basis in what we've seen uh, in the past. I can't think of a single time that Miss Piggy showed any kind of affection to Robin, really, on The Muppet <laughs> Show or anywhere. Yeah, this, but, this is everything that happened between 1981 and, you know, 2011, apparently. I guess so, yeah. Things that we just didn't see happen on screen. But I do like Although, these... I'll, I'll, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I like these photos that come up while Kermit is talking. That's what I was just going to say. <clears throat> the, it, it, that, I think that one is almost a deliberate callback to the, the pictures of Elmo you always see in Times Square. <laughs> you know, right. All the weird-looking Elmos and, the, you know, that somebody the, somebody's getting their picture taken with the, the really terrible-looking Miss Piggy impersonator in the background. Yeah, they're on Hollywood Boulevard, and, and Robin is sort of looking at a, a terrible costumed character of Miss Piggy <laughs> posing for photos. Yeah, not- Nice touch, I thought. Yeah, there's one where they're, it looks like they're on Splash Mountain and one where they're on the beach and Piggy is buried in the sand. So, yeah, apparently they've been having yeah. some great times together that we just haven't seen before. Right, just we still know about. Yeah. It all happened off, off camera. Right. Uh, so then Piggy, is, I mean, uh, Kermit is telling us, he's talking to the camera, saying that it's too bad that Piggy will not be joining them this time. Uh, so then in Kermit's office... Robin is hopping around. He's looking at everything. He's so excited to be there. He's like hopping up to look at everything on Kermit's shelves. Uh, it's like, like we said, it's not quite like Robin has been in the past, but it's funny and it makes him seem like a real kid for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say it was, it was very real. I mean, I, you know, I, I've, I've seen the kids come into, you know, my boss's office and they, they got to touch everything. They want to pick everything and if, up. And if they're in your office, it doesn't matter if that's not their parents' office. If they're in your office, they want to pick up and touch everything. You've got. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, struck me is very, very real. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Robin says that he saw in the tabloids that Kermit and Piggy broke up, but he doesn't believe <laughs> it because his mom told him they're filled with lies. And he goes on to say, the only thing that has gotten him through this past year is knowing Ooh. that Kermit and Piggy are together. Yeah, that and hearing that you can go through a growth spurt in your thirties. <laughs> right throwaway line which is yeah a throwaway line but hilarious i mean i guess i don't know how old robin is supposed to be exactly but <laughs> he's a very small frog <laughs> he, he definitely is yeah um and i don't know if that was you know fan, not fan service but you know i think partly it's one of those that might have been their commentary where you know on us as fans going the only thing that's kept us going for the muppets is hoping that kermit and miss piggy are an item yeah for a lot of the fans definitely Right. Yeah, I think this whole episode is kind of part of the plan to get them back together on this series if the series had continued. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Uh, And so Piggy comes in. She has a gift bag for Robin, which is just a leftover gift bag from the People's Choice Awards. Which was great. That that was a great joke. I actually wrote that one down. That was a great joke. Yeah. Uh, So Kermit kind of rushes her out of the room to tell her that he thinks they should pretend to be together so Robin's uh, delicate feelings are not crushed. Um, this is also when Kermit tells Piggy that he and Denise broke up, which happened a couple episodes ago. I just, I, I guess she hadn't found out about it until now. Right, uh, and most of that was happening off screen. Like they, they had the, the, you know, the thing where they were going to think about it, and then Kermit has that terrible line where he says, "She usually thinking is not her strong suit," and then says, "Well, that that actually came out wrong." Yeah. Um, 
but but you know, there's been a lot going on with that relationship off screen. I guess none so. of us have, that none of us have even seen either. We we knew that they were on the outs, but that was about it. Right. I, yeah. I guess maybe it hadn't it hadn't been uh, conclusively ended yet, but right. now it now it has. Um, but Piggy does say that she is sorry, and it sounds like she really means that. So it's nice to see that sweet side of Piggy. Uh, the gift bag also came with a waxing kit, <laughs> and Piggy suddenly realizes that she should get it away from him, from from Robin. And then, this but is... what's Robin interested? What's Robin interested in doing? Or anything else? Eating the wax? Right. I think this is the funniest joke in this entire episode, where we see it through the window of Kermit's office. <laughs> Just yeah, Robin with his little spindly frog arm <laughs> holding up the applicator from the waxing kit and about to put it in his mouth, crammed in there. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I love that. That cracks me up. And and like they cut away, his script goes, Robin, don't eat that. And then they cut away. Right as he's putting it in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, it's just fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I love that. Uh later, the Muppets are gathered around the conference table. They are playing a game where they try to bounce a tennis ball into Big Mean Carl's uh, huge open mouth. This is the kind of stuff like we should have been seeing stuff like this from the very beginning of the series. Just <laughs> not only coworkers goofing off at work, but in a uniquely Muppet way. Right. Especially with the payoff to this particular joke. Absolutely. Because Fozzie gets the tennis ball into Carl's mouth and then Piggy's dog Fufu jumps in after it. <laughs> and Fozzie is shocked, but Carl just says, he got the ball. He's happy. Right. Boy, that big mean Carl is is a great character. I, I love Big Me, Carl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, but that was when actually watching that when 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 Fufu went in, I actually yelled, "Oh no!" After <laughs> that one, so yeah, it got, it got it got me. That was a great moment. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that uh, Carl was one of the characters who who survived past Muppets Tonight. So and, and, uh, and I love watching the way the mouth on that puppet works too. It, like yeah. it goes side to side, and they do it. It's just so funny. Yeah, I'd like to actually see that in person because yeah, that mouth is so big and just kind of yeah, it looks like it just kind of hangs open. Yeah, I, I would right, love to but, see that performed in person. Yeah, and when and when they you know you, it's got to be one of those where you've got just both arms straight out and are like just you know, but but his mouth kind of goes side to side. It doesn't open up. Right, it's very flexible. It's, yeah, it's a it's a very strange delivery, <laughs> and it and it's really funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then Kermit comes in uh, to the set. He asks everyone to act like he and Piggy are still together <laughs> because of Robin. <clears throat> Fozzie says, "Okay, this will be a great chance to practice his acting." And then Fozzie <laughs> recites some famous movie quotes with the emphasis in the wrong place. He says, "Luke, I am your father. I'll have what she's having." <laughs> You had me at hello. I I guess this is funny. It's a very weird joke. I don't really understand why Fozzie thinks this constitutes acting. <laughs> I don't know. Completely random. Yeah. Uh, Scooter wants to help, but he cannot lie. He says he breaks out in hives, but then he has to say that he's allergic to strawberries, which makes it worse because he actually loves strawberries. Now, see, again, that to me felt like a very night, you know, that, that felt to me like a Jerry Joel joke. Um, we're like Scooter, sure. like well, I mean Scooter saying like I can't tell a lie, don't make me lie. And so Kermit's like, okay, well then we're going out. Like that, there was something about that particular oh, yeah. moment right there that felt like a, that felt like Jerry Jewel writing to me. Yeah, I can see that. It's also an example of you know, are the Muppets like Sto- Scooter is not always uh, presented as a like a dumb guy, but he's as dumb as he needs to be for this joke to work. 
Right. Well, it just you know, picture it, 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 he seemed very naive, which is the way yeah. he kind of is. You yeah, know, he's just works. like, no, 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 my God, I can't lie. And you know, the other, I think it's in this episode, the killer line. He says, "You just made me the first person on Twitter to lie." Yeah, yeah, that's later. <laughs> I mean, like, just one of the greatest lines ever. But that's a, that's a scooter line. Right. Yeah. So here it's, it's he says he can't lie, and Kermit says, "Okay, then Piggy and I are back together." And he's like, "Oh, great." So yeah, yeah. And, and Scooter's all in. Like the reality presented to him is the reality he's in. Yeah, he'll buy it. Uh, so Kermit tells everyone assembled, um, "If you don't think you can do this, I understand. Just steer clear of Robin." And then Robin runs up and says, "Hey, everybody!" <laughs> and everybody just runs away. Terrified. Everybody steers clear. Yeah, I, th- another... I thought that was a good. Good joke, I thought. Yeah, this is a really funny episode, actually. Yeah, uh, I agree. Later, uh, backstage, Miss Piggy almost lets it slip when she says uh, she's going on a date, but she fixes it. She says, a date to an Ohio charity trip. That city <laughs> needs help because it's in Ohio. <laughs> always always funny to pick on Ohio. <laughs> There's something about that word that, you know, it's like it's it's the right state for a for a punchline just the way you know, the word ohio is there's something funny about it yeah yeah <laughs> and then uh dudley tells kermit that this is the third least important secret he's <laughs> currently keeping and he sort of pokes his finger at kermit and then like slinks out of the frame which is just great timing great puppetry great direction so now i'm sure you guys have talked about this plenty especially over the last 13 episodes but the evolution of uncle dudley is just nothing short of miraculous i love the way matt is playing that character the way they're writing him like the personality they're giving him i mean a couple episodes ago when he has the penguin named gloria estefan and he's always like gloria estefan get out of my room not the first time i've said that right it's just there's there's like just so many great little moments there and that's when you know that again is 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 you know the muppets working like the muppet engine firing because it's not a lot of moments, but the moments he's got really count. Absolutely. And yeah, he, he sort of becomes the MVP of the show. And I think part of it is because we didn't have, or, or the general audience didn't have a lot of preconceived ideas about Dudley before this show. So they were able yeah. to have a lot of flexibility with him. Yeah. And, and again, just performed beautifully. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I love watching the way he's working the mouth really perform and actually the way steve whitmire is performing kermit is really fantastic in all of these episodes I know yeah he's very he, expressive he's got he's really got it like i mean steve knows what he's doing he's been doing it a long time but he's really got it down like he's you know he's got those those slow burns and it's you know the yeah, smile it's, it's really impressive little tilts of the head and yeah and a lot of cool puppet tricks like uh clicking his pen i think in this episode yeah Lots, lots of lots of shots of them drinking stuff through straws. I really like that one. Yeah, yeah, we see that in this one too. Uh, so after the show that night, Kermit is trying to prevent Robin from going to hang out with the rest of the gang at Ralph's Tavern, <laughs> but he ends up accidentally initiating a laser tag night with a bunch right. of the guys. That's another great moment of there. Those where Kermit's like, no, they've all got lives. they got other things to do. They're not going out tonight. Yeah. And Sweetums is, is pleading that he has no life. He needs to go out with them. Right. It doesn't work. Uh, so the Muppets playing laser tag. It's a fun idea. I'm not sure it really works that well in execution, if only because the Muppets can't really like run around shooting people like you would if you were in a laser tag arena. 
you know, you're, you're dead on. That was kind of my thought. In, in, in exactly. It's like, it's a really fun idea. It's hard to execute. Yeah. Um, when, yeah, when you can only be filmed from the waist up. Um, yeah. Really, really tough. And, and again, you don't get any sense of just how nuts laser tag can be, I think, because of that. Right, right. If you had some of the larger, like if it was uh, just Sweetums running around shooting at another, like, <laughs> I don't know. Shooting a big mean Carl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Timmy Monster. Or I don't, right. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that might have been fun to see, but yeah, it's just, it doesn't, it's not as effective when they're just kind of uh, relegated to the same sort of yeah, it, small you know, they, area. They, they, it almost would work better to, to have gone bowling, you know? Cause you know oh yeah, that, that would be fun. Uh, but I do wonder if it, if it was hard to shoot this because it's, it looks like it's under a black light. And I wonder yeah. what the Muppets look like under <laughs> black light because <laughs> they're made That's of all true. kinds of different materials. Right. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, but I mean, they look fine. They like, look look kind of cool. Uh, so Piggy's really into the laser tag. There's a moment where a kid comes up to her and excitedly says, "Hey, are you Miss Piggy?" And she just immediately shoots him, and he walks away so dejected. <laughs> Kermit says, "Never meet your heroes." <laughs> have Have you ever played Have you ever played laser tag? Uh, I have. It's been many years at this point. But, so yeah. here's what here's what tends to happen to you as an adult at laser tag. <laughs> you're walking around, and because you're bigger than most of the people in the room, you tend to pick up one little kid who's going to tail around behind you and just unload on you constantly. Oh. So your gun, so your gun never works. Yeah. Like the last two or three times I went, that was what I'm doing the whole time. And I was, I turned around. I'm like, I'm like the cranky old man. I'm like, go away, go away. Stop, stop shooting me, kid. Go away. Leave me alone. But yeah, that's um, frustrating. Like I, ne- I never got a shot off because some kid just latched onto me the entire time. and would not stop shooting. Yeah. And uh, so I could relate to piggy in that scene is what I'm saying. I would still rather play laser tag than paintball though. It's uh, God, me little, too. Yeah. A little less painful, less, less painful. <laughs> right. And I'm, messy. I'm a, I'm a paintball wuss. I, yeah, mm. For two reasons. I don't like that. It hurts. And I don't like being, being messy i don't like yeah. water balloons for that reason like people who want to do water balloon fights i don't want to be wet i'm a big wuss i'm a stick in the mud on that kind of stuff yeah i, I don't suppose we'll ever see the muppets playing paintball because that would be very <laughs> oh dangerous God. to the puppeteers yeah yeah too much damage <laughs> yeah too much damage and the puppets themselves yeah yeah you'd have to redo them all yeah so then a news crew shows up uh, they saw scooter's tweets about kermit and piggy being back together uh, Kermit and Piggy hide from the news crew, but then they end up sort of reminiscing about old times. They have a nice little moment. Yeah. Uh, a reporter points a microphone at them and asks them if they are, in fact, back together. They have to say no. It was just a misunderstanding. But Robin overhears them say this. He runs away. And then this is when Scooter says, no, you just made me the first person to lie on Twitter. <laughs> That's a, that was a great line. Yeah. Robin and Scooter both uh, traumatized here. First person in the world to lie on Twitter, even. That's what made me even Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they find Robin hiding in this uh, sort of monster mouth thing in the laser tag place. Um, they apologize to him. Robin says he understood why his parents broke up. My mom likes quiet nights and my dad likes my teacher. <laughs> An unexpected joke, but a very funny one. Yes. Uh, but he always thought Kermit and Piggy were meant to be. They they insist like no 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 we're not it, it's it, it's not gonna work out it can't work out. Uh, but they uh, assure him. Uh, Kermit says I'll always be your uncle Kermit and Piggy says and I'll always be your aunt Miss Piggy. Right. <laughs> Very charming. 
uh, Robin then also says that he thought something was up when Fozzie said uh, Kermit and Piggy are broken up and then said, I see dead people. <clears throat> so the writers are more, so more committed yeah. yeah, to this weird Fozzie acting joke that they bothered right. to do a There callback. you go. They're, welcome it. They're going to they're gonna double down on it. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I admire that. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to it. Once yeah. is funny, twice is a spanking. Right. So later at Ralph's Tavern, Scooter and Robin are drinking milkshakes. Scooter is, as you alluded to, he is actually appears to be drinking this. The, the level of the milkshake in the glass is going down, which is always a, a neat puppet trick. Right. Uh, Scooter is feeling sad. The music that Ralph is playing on the piano is not helping. Ralph says... Not he, helping. Yeah, he just found out he has worms. How, how do you feel about Ralph <laughs> doing the worms joke? Haven't we had that joke before? I don't know. Uh, There's something about that that felt familiar. I thought we'd had that joke before. I didn't think it was an intentional callback, but I think I really thought they'd used that joke before. Oh, it's possible. Um, in uh, one of the previous episodes that Joe hosted, he and the guests talked about how Ralph does a lot of dog jokes on this show, and I don't mind that, but I, you know, Ralph doesn't get a lot to do on this show at all, so it is kind of too bad that so much of his dialogue is just dog jokes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean it was it was nice seeing it was it was nice seeing Rolf as actually like the bartender. Yeah, that's a great uh, concept. You, yeah, that's it's it's great. I love him having, you know, the the bar, he's the place where they all go to settle down and that that's very Rolf. I mean, that's very, you know, he's he's the homespun guy, the laid back guy, the guy who's going to, you know, give you the advice the bartender gives you. Yeah. So that that's a great decision on Rolf, but yeah, making him obsessed with with dog metaphor and dog joke, it 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 works to an extent. Uh, it's like, yeah, we, we get it. Rolf's a dog. Got it. Right. Uh, let's, let's move on. Yeah, they just didn't do enough with him. Um, so Kermit asks Piggy, why are people so obsessed with us getting back together? Now, that is definitely a meta line. Yeah, that's fan service line. On the part of the writers, yeah. Uh, they, they just kind of go on. They have amazing chemistry on stage, and the fact that they lasted so long, there must have been something there. And then they both go for the same milkshake straw. There's an awkward little moment. But yeah, clearly this is, you know, there's only two episodes left at this point. But clearly they are setting things up uh, to give Kermit and Piggy the reunion that uh, many of the fans had been demanding at this point. Right. Um, Yeah, I do think they were probably uh, surprised at maybe some of the the negative response that they got to the, the whole PR stunt of announcing that they were breaking up right so they were probably hoping to get uh some viewers back in season two by bringing them back together but of course that didn't happen yeah and again you know the miss piggy show was on on in the in the show itself was becoming more about all the other characters well they even have i I can't remember if it's in this episode there's even that line where they say where piggy says i just figured out that more of everyone else means less of me yeah yeah that's funny but uh, that's 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 what the real life audience wants to see. Yeah, I was just looking this up to see who wrote this episode, and because I was expecting it to maybe be Bill Prady, but it's not. It's uh, Dave Kaplan, Jordan Redout, and Gus Hickey. Okay, yeah, I don't know how hands-on Bill Prady actually was after the sort of initial development phase. I mean, I guess he was around, but. Um... And and it's telling, you know, I was just talking earlier about how impressive it is that the Muppets are kind of like, you know, in all dimensions on screen. This episode is directed by Bill Beretta. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. I actually forgot to put that in my notes, but 
yeah, one of the main Muppet performers directed this episode, so that's cool. Yeah, and, and, and again, I I just I have to give a shout out to him because he's just every, every character he performs, he just kills. Um, yeah, Pe- Pepe is so funny. Uh, Bobo is so funny. Yeah, it just I, and I know it's scripted, so he's delivering it. But but I mean, it, every time they go to one of Bill's characters, it's just gold. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's he's so funny, and and Pepe and and, and Rizzo. Are just great and i think partly it has to do with the chemistry between the two performers i mean they're like they know how to let they know how to step on the other person's line in a way that's yeah not, you know not letting them not deliver it but it's like it's like it feels like very genuine banter between those two characters i think it's I think funny it's genuine banter i think it's funny too to put the two little guys together <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and and again like pepe just you know that i think one of the jokes the pepe lines that i laughed at the hardest is when they're talking about one of the sean penn movies i can't remember which one and he keeps saying champagne champagne oh and they're like, yeah champagne yeah. And he's like no 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 champagne yeah <laughs> for sean penn i mean th- that line is so so stupidly smart i mean i just <laughs> i love that line yeah i don't know how you would come up with a joke like that yeah, it's just great, and that's one where you're like, I, I wanted to be in the writers' room when they all like patted themselves on the back for that. Right, it's right. So, it's so funny, but but again, Bill absolutely just kills with it. He's he is so funny in this series. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, I, I really Bobo is in this episode a little bit, but we've mentioned already that Big Mean Carl shines in his very right. brief appearance. And um, anytime they go to Bobo in any of the episodes, he never gets a lot to do, but he, you know, he's always like, he's always exasperated. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, Bobo's you know, he's great. Just, he's just great. Like, you can go to him, and it's like, what, you know, I was saying a little earlier, like, when you get those moments with Uncle Deadly, they're not very long, but they really count. And, right. like, Bill, Bill does that with Bobo. Like, every Bobo moment counts. Yeah. And, and you know, definitely the Pepe moments, too. But even, like, those little, we don't, when you don't get a lot of Bobo, it's still, like, when you do, it's it's enough because they're really great. You don't feel they wasted the moment. Yeah, I think also with Bobo, similar to Big Mean Carl, similar to Uncle Deadly, yeah. his skill at manipulating the puppet has a lot to do with the comedy of the character because Bobo is just, like, this kind of <laughs> rotund, hulking bear who's, like his face like his face just moves a little bit when he speaks and that just makes it funnier you know bo bobo is one of the first characters when i was when i was doing my research on the on jim henson biography um and i was in the henson company archives they actually had a full-size bobo there because they were outfitting him they were making a costume for him for something oh like the full-size bobo was actually right there in the in the uh in the henson the henson company you know labs (laughs) there for for costuming that was one of the one of the first real Muppets I saw. I'm, now I'm wondering what what costume that would have been, or what production I, that would have been for. I, I can't remember. It it might have even been for. Let's see, it was 2011, you know, eleven maybe. So uh, it could have been for. I don't know. Maybe something been, for the movie, the 2011 movie, for, or yeah, or, I, I, I feel or like the promotion a, like, for that. I feel like he had a. I feel like they were making a suit, but I can't remember now. Hmm. And hmm. I did see Grover on a stand being made an Iron Man costume. Oh yeah, that's a fun episode of Sesame Street. Yeah, right. so I, I got to see that, and then I also saw uh, Mr. Johnson hanging on a hook. <laughs> yeah, you never know what you'll see over there. I know it was great, and one and one of the three little pigs, which is one of my favorite Sesame sketch, sketches of all time. Oh, like the the little sort of anything Muppet pigs. 
Yeah, the ones when uh, from when yeah. the Kermit and the Count are you know going to knock on the three little pigs' door. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my one of my favorite sketches ever. So anyway, one of the pigs was there. Anyway, I'm off subject. Those are the pigs who play paper rock scissors, and uh, on at least one occasion, maybe two on Sesame Street, which is really funny when you think about it because their hands are just like posed in the same permanent position. You know, that was one of the things that I I, I keep watching in in the, the TV series here is Rizzo's hands. Every once in a while, I'm, I'm like, I swear his hands moved, and I don't think they do. Um, hmm. But I, I, I always swear, I'm like, are those hands articulated? Did I see him, his hands flex? I, I don't know if they are or not. There was another know. moment where, like, where like Piggy was doing something, and she was supposed to be upset, and I was like, I swear to God, they switched out her eyes, and they didn't. It was just oh. the way she was. She was just performed so, yeah. so well by Eric Jacobson. But um, there was one moment actually there where I was like, I, I swear to God, her eyes are different, or they changed the <clears throat> eyes out, or the eyes are articulated. She was just performed really well. And yeah, I, just... I think that's, I think that's the case with Rizzo. I don't think his hands are articulate. I think just the way Steve is doing him, uh, is just so convincing. Yeah, I bet that's right. Um, well, so yeah, that's the uh, the the Robin storyline. Um, speaking of Steve Whitmire, I think this has probably come up on the podcast before, and also on our other podcast. But uh, so we are talking about this episode. We should mention this. Uh, the fact that Kermit lies to his nephew has been a topic of some debate. After uh, Steve Whitmire was let go by Disney, it was clear that there were some differences of opinion between the two parties. Uh, he did an interview with The Hollywood Reporter shortly after that, and he cited this episode as one where he was uh, telling the network or the, the Disney executives that he didn't think that this storyline was true to the character of Kermit. He said, I don't think Kermit would lie to him. I think that as Robin came to Kermit, he would say things happen. People go their separate ways, but that doesn't mean we don't care about you. Kermit is too compassionate to lie to him to spare his feelings. So it's interesting. And actually that's kind of where the episode ends up. So I, I would be curious yeah. to, to know if maybe there was a different version of this where, uh, not all of that stuff made it in but yeah it, it's it's yeah it is it, it's a great that's actually a great question and great point um it it didn't bother me that much because it's done kind of so over the top um that's but, but i get true. but i but i get it i mean it is one of those things where like Kermit me because then he's like shh okay everybody but you know yeah it, it's I don't know. It, it doesn't. It doesn't seem sinister. It doesn't seem like let's deceive this little kid because Kermit's heart is in the right place on it. Yeah, he's doing it for a noble reason. Yeah, I, I you know, I mean, I get, but I get where Steve's coming from on that. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky because you still you, you want to have you want to stay true to the characters, but you also want to be able to have interesting and funny storylines. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I mean, I guess even just to get the joke where he's like, anybody who can't pull this off needs to steer clear of Robin, and they all steer clear. Of Robin. Yeah, I mean, if it was just set up for that, I don't know. But um, but I but I, I get Steve's point. It it didn't really bother me, but but again, um, you know, I didn't have Kermit on my arm for thirty two years, so that's true. Yeah, and yeah, none of us really know how how that felt to get that script and see Kermit lying to Robin like that. But um, yeah, they do uh work in some of that sort of sentiment at where toward the end he and piggy are yeah like, making like it said, clear to robin yeah at the end kermit gets gets to give the big speech at the yeah end, you know, so probably. yeah i think it ends in the right place so yeah yeah any other uh comments on this storyline before we move on to the other the b story 
Um, no, I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, is, so you were saying that that was the first time we'd seen Robin in years. Then. Uh, yeah, he had. Well, uh, so I'm trying to think. He had a line. I think one line in Muppets Most Wanted, where okay. there was just a, a very quick gag about like Muppets that don't get seen very often. <laughs> okay. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, Robin had a line there. Yeah, I really can't remember what else of substance he had so done. If, so if, if this is his, you know, debut after a while and it's and it's Matt's debut with him, I, I think it's effective. Um, you know, again, it, it felt real. Um, the, the weird stuff to me is the all the stuff about <laughs> Robin's parents. Right. A little bit out of a little bit out of left field. Yeah. As far as the like the voice, which is a thing that people like to complain about, Robin's voice was so close to Jerry Nelson's speaking voice, just pitched up that I think it yeah. would be impossible for anyone to really sound exactly like he did. Yeah, so, the, I, his yeah the voice the voice didn't bother me. I, I yeah. thought he I thought he did a nice job. With yeah, it's a good uh, just little kid voice. So yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, and I'm sure. People will let me know whatever whatever other <laughs> Matt Vogel performances as Robin that I miss, but this is really the the most substantive one. First so. big one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I'll, now I'll tell you the one that that I don't want to say bother because nothing really bothers me in that regard. But um, I think I think uh, and the way Eric Jagison performs Animal is super funny. I think he talks too much. I think he talks a little bit too much on this series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, there are times where he comes a little too close to speaking in complete sentences i was gonna say i don't need an articulate animal i, I want him speaking in like two word sentences you know yeah anyway but... he did he, 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 he's he's nuts i like the way and like they the way they all the performers perform the musicians is so convincing oh yeah so good at it um uh, and and he's great performing animal it's funny the puppet always looks weird to me now the mm. eyes always look weird to me um again i'm probably way too old school on that but but He's just he talks way too much. I don't I don't need an animal that's that articulate. Yeah, I I, I I am inclined to agree. Although on the other hand, I don't want to be like, you know, animal can only say five words at a time, no more than that. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, yeah maybe if they had toned it down a little bit. On well, the show. well, it's like they're they're giving him like joke a, a joke that's both setup and punchline. Usually, what you do with animal is you give him the punchline. Right, he's all punchline. <laughs> Yeah, well, right. yeah, and in this case, they're giving him, like, the exposition, like, the setup. I'm like, no, 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 someone else needs to set it up. An animal needs to, like, crush the landing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, just that's just me, though. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, so then we can move on to the Gonzo and Camilla storyline. This starts with Rizzo and Pepe in the house <laughs> that they share with Gonzo. They're about to have breakfast when they hear music. They <laughs> so, open... So weird. Yeah, they open a door and they see Gonzo and Camilla doing couples yoga. <laughs> this is such a strange image. It really it's... is. Gonzo on his back yeah. doing like like leg lunges upwards with Camilla sitting there doing yeah. nothing. Camilla's doing no, nothing. You're... She's just sitting that's... on his feet. That's right. She's not doing yoga at all. <laughs> and then I love at the breakfast table they have the two sets of eggs and one says like, eating and the other one is like possible offspring yes exactly one is for breakfast yeah <laughs> it's like the anyway the weirdest setup but yeah that that was a not disturbing because it's never really sure but like i mean just that was one of those really weird moments yeah Camilla, unexpected but i mean funny but wow was that out that was bizarre just very, yeah i mean yeah just sort of <laughs> indescribably weird to see Gonzo <laughs> lifting his legs in the air with 
with Camilla and, and just, just bouncing on and, his feet. And, and, and again, beautifully performed by Dave Goals. But just, yeah. It, it like, and I think the reason it was so disturbing, it's so casual. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, so it, normal. <laughs> right. Right. There, yeah. It, to Gonzo and Camilla, it's perfectly normal. <laughs> um, so then in one of these Talking Head interviews, Pepe and Rizzo tell us that Camilla has moved in. So that was fast because she and Gonzo were just, had only just got back. Yeah, they they were split up a couple episodes ago, and then she showed up at the very end of the one two episodes ago. So now she lives here apparently. So I guess they were <laughs> they were very happy to reunite. Gonzo's a man of many passions. I guess so. Yeah, most of them uh, chicken related. So, uh, yeah, so apparently Camilla has been living in Vegas as a showgirl, and she was dating the (laughs) tiger that ate Roy. (laughs) Another another completely random weird joke. Yeah, I don't know if I like that joke. I mean, you know, it's fine if if Camilla wants to date a tiger, but the tiger that ate Roy. Yeah, that's a a writer's joke, meaning that, like, I'm sure it killed the writers in the writing room, but it doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you mentioned the two baskets of eggs, uh, breakfast and possible offspring. There's a little, uh, I guess it's a gag where Rizzo asks Pepe to make him a Denver omelet and Pepe takes his eggs from the offspring basket, right? Oh, I see. I missed that one. I, I think he did unless I saw like, you know, unless, unless I was looking at it wrong, but I, I expected that to come back later, but it never does. So I don't know. Um, but later on, up late with Miss Piggy, Dudley is hosting a game show sketch called Friendly Feud. Uh, it's, I guess, a group of normal people from the audience or whatever against the Electric Mayhem. Dudley says they surveyed six people to ask for their favorite <laughs> flavor of iced cream. cream. Iced cream, which iced I love. Iced cream, yes. And uh, he gives the band a hint. They were the six people who were surveyed. But they ha- they all have terrible answers. See, and I, I thought this was really funny. Did it, yeah. did it work for you? I thought it, I thought it was really, really funny. Yes. Well, so I like Janice's response is that she doesn't eat ice cream because she doesn't like that they keep those cows in the freezer. That's right. funny. And then, then Floyd pulls the weird, you know, doomsday prepper. Yeah, stuff Floyd. I just don't like the Floyd uh, conspiracy theorist. He says cows are experiments by the government and they didn't exist yeah. before 1972. Blah. Um, but yes, it, it's funny just that because it, 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 it's Dudley that it's, it's Uncle Dudley that makes it funny like that just right that, it's like Eugene Levy you know it's like that sheer exasperation right what makes it funny or like Will Ferrell as Alex Trebek as on the Alex Celebrity Trebek, Jeopardy yeah, sketches so, yeah so that's what I was thinking of like Eugene Levy when he used to host like the you know nip, nip, what are the half wits and that stuff on SCTV mm. where it's like he was like he was so great as like the completely frazzled game show host oh yeah yeah see, I, I gotta see more SCTV I've seen very little of it <laughs> because D- Deadly's trying to like keep it together, and you know right. they're all just they're all just so stupid. You know it rhymes with Manila or whatever. Right, right. Says, they, Which they still can't get it. I guess then I wonder it was this. I guess this was not a scripted sketch. I guess this was just a, a game show that they were like, let's put these people oh, on stage really? with the mayhem. Oh, that's funny. Well, no, I mean like within the world of the show. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. It's just the audience, right? Yeah, it's kind of a spontaneous thing on the stage. I don't know. Uh, so then after the show at Ralph's Tavern. Um, Pepe and Rizzo have decided that because Gonzo is spending so much time with Camilla, they need a new member of their posse. So they've gathered three. What was that? A new wingman. (laughs) Right. Uh, 
They've gathered three candidates, Sam, Big Bean Carl, and Chip, the IT guy. <laughs> By the way, I'm fascinated, again, watching the way Dave Coles performs Chip. Because yeah. of the tongue that character has. First yes. of all, the eyes are weird. But, like, working that tongue, I can only imagine, like, the actual you know, physicality of the hand movement for that, yeah. to make that tongue move. But I just, I can't stop watching the tongue when he's doing that character. Yeah, the the sort of uh, rise of Chip was another unexpected thing on the series because he <laughs> yeah. was this character who was on the Jim Henson Hour but didn't really, right. wasn't really a character. And then he had just sort of been in the background for years after that. And then they, yeah, they, they just brought him back and made him this weirdo. <laughs> And the, like the first new Dave Gulls character in a while too, which is yeah. Who performed Chip back in the day? I don't even know. Ah, I believe it was one of the two Canadian puppeteers oh, okay. who was a regular on the Jim Henson Hour. So either Gord Robertson or Dan Redican, maybe, but okay. I don't know for sure. And I feel like a failure. No, no, no. <laughs> that was out of left field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's out there somewhere. Um. So, yeah, Sam says he's the obvious choice because uh, to be the wingman because he has wings. Although, does he? Because he has fingers. I, I got to say, I, they don't really get into it in this episode, but Sam's uh, crush on Janice is actually one of the great unappreciated plot lines running through the series. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. I like the idea that Sam, the straight-laced guy, would uh, develop a crush on Janice, the free-spirited hippie. And completely one-sided. Right, right. I mean, it's just, it, I, I think it's very, I just think it's very funny. Like, that's the person that he picked. And he's always, like, trying to figure out ways to impress her. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they managed, for the most part, to keep it on the acceptable side of, of creepy. Like, like, where it doesn't get creepy. Right. So, yeah, that's a fun idea. Um, so, uh, Chip is just glad to be there. He's just saying some awkward things. <laughs> Carl eats an entire basket of chips, including the basket. Uh, Rizzo <laughs> and Pepe say that the winner will be whoever can charm the group of ladies who are standing in the corner of the tavern into hanging out with them. Uh, this group includes Lara Spencer from Good Morning America, who, who I Pepe. Know who that was. <laughs> who Pepe apparently has a thing for. This This kind of feels like the writer's probably wrote into the script like you know insert insert famous yeah right whatever cameo from another abc show we can get to (laughs) to appear although was leno an abc uh celebrity at that point uh no he's on in like episode three or four so that's true yeah i mean i think i guess was he he was not on the tonight show anymore no right right i was i was i'm only curious because i was because i was wondering about the deal i'm like if they're you know if they're cross-pollinating here but yeah jay had a show on the network yeah i don't know this one just feels like i can't imagine why else it would be no i'm with you i think there was i think the script probably said placeholder right right right. and it was like who can we get oh well here's somebody from uh, yeah from good morning america yeah so um carl and chip go over to the ladies table we hear carl yell hey spencer i ain't shaving nothing let's get that out of the way (laughs) again another stupid line that i laughed at out loud yeah uh very strange and then again it's one of those like the performance transcends the the actual joke because you're right it's not that funny a line but it's just it's just delivered so so well it is and then it's followed by the real punchline which is that carl burps and fufu pops out of his mouth oh my god that was another disturbing moment 
<laughs> well, it's really funny, and also I'm just glad Fufu is okay, you know? <laughs> right, right. It, it's true. I did need closure on that. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Camilla and Gonzo are having dinner at home, just a quiet dinner. It kind of looks like they're both looking at their phones, so they're not really uh, interacting much. <laughs> but what's and... so great is, like, Camilla pecking at her phone with an audible click every yeah. time. yeah. I mean, I guess eh, she could use her wings, but uh, yeah, I guess that's that's how chickens use smartphones. Yeah, I mean, have you ever gone to the state fair and tried to play tic tac toe against a chicken? I haven't. Is that do they, they still do that's that? That's the way they do. I don't. Well, I don't know. I'm probably dating myself, but that's that, that's the way they do it. They peck at the they peck at the X's and O's. <laughs> yeah, par par for the course for Camilla. There, maybe I, she learned it at a state fair. I've actually always wanted to do that. I don't know how they. I mean, there there must be just like feed or, a, or yeah, seed or something a, on yeah a machine just drops the food into the right one yeah, yeah but yeah. i am fascinated by the idea of chickens playing tic-tac-toe yeah i never won because they let the chicken go first ah uh so also a chicken is smarter than me so, <laughs> so uh camilla uh, clucks to gonzo and tells him <laughs> to go ahead and go and, and hang out with his friends and not a moment too soon because when we cut back to the tavern, Pepe is drunk, and Lara Spencer and her <laughs> friends are leaving the bar with Sam, Carl, and Chip. So, once again, Bill Barrett does just the funniest, most convincing drunk. Uh, that's true, yes. I, I definitely buy that Pepe is drunk. <laughs> and I love they've given him the drunk eyes. Yeah, which is at least the second time we've seen those on the show, because uh, I'm pretty sure he got drunk in the one with Ed Helms, where they did karaoke. Oh, God, right, right, right. Where everybody got drunk. Yeah, right. So they made good use of Pepe's uh, drunk eyes. And so Gonzo shows up, and uh, Rizzo and Pepe are thrilled. Uh, He offers to set them up with some friends of Camilla's, but they both say no, because they're not interested in chickens. And then the last thing we see in this episode is Camilla back at home with her friends. They're disappointed disappointed that Gonzo's friends are not coming. Yeah, go ahead. this was weird. Uh, this was weird. This was weird. Yeah, I, I, uh, disturbing. This was disturbing. Weird. We've talked about that fine line between creepy and funny. This one goes over for some reason. Right. So the joke here is that Camilla's friends are not chickens; they are attractive women. What a twist! And uh, they get word that Gonzo's friends are not coming. They say, now what should we do? And one of them says, let's have an ironic pillow fight, like in all those movies made by men. And then they briefly have a slow motion pillow fight, which uh, I remember when this episode aired, there was a lot of talk about this on the Tough Pigs forum, where we were like, like you say, what's where's the line? Like, okay, they say it's ironic. They, it's... It's a joke, but also it's still women having a pillow fight in slow motion, so it seems a little bit creepy and exploitative. Right. I could have yeah. done without it. And, and the and even the final punchline of it is a weird punchline. Right. Like you're not quite sure what I was like. So what they were using chickens inside the pillows to hit each. Yeah, it was. It was just. It was like a joke that completely didn't land. Yeah, well, so they notice that, uh, so when they're doing the pillow fight, there are feathers flying everywhere. But then they realize, wait a minute, these feathers are made of memory foam. So, I mean, these pillows, these pillows are made of memory foam. So where did those feathers come from? And then it cuts back to a wide shot and Camilla is sitting there and it's like she's missing all the feathers from her torso. Right, but but 
I mean, again, weird. I don't. I was like, what? I don't. I don't understand. What was I supposed to think happened? Right. I, I, anyway, that joke. That joke didn't land with me. Was Camilla like yanking the feathers off of herself <laughs> yeah. and throwing them in the air? I just. I just don't get it. Yeah, it's a very strange ending to this episode. Now, um, now you want to know a slow motion joke that was funny is the one maybe an episode or two earlier when uh, you know the writers get the brand new suits and they do the the uh, Reservoir Dogs slow motion walk to oh, yeah. the green bag in and you think it's slow motion and it's not they're just walking slow. Right. <laughs> I mean, now there's a funny slow motion joke. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I did like that. Um, but yeah, this this whole Gonzo, Camilla, Rizzo, Pepe storyline is it, it kind of feels like filler. There's some funny jokes in it, but it's it's not one of the best. Right. Yeah, I I love when they're being the writers, like when they're, you know, critiquing the yeah. show and when they're like that's when and the three of those guys, I think even again, what makes it work so well is the three of those guys have genuine affection for each other as well, which just makes their performances so funny and so convincing. But yeah, turning it into I don't want to say three's company because it's you know, but but like making them all roommates then together living right. I don't know. It's a little much. Lord knows what they would have done with that had they gone another season. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Probably something, you know, animal house with her. <laughs> well, I yeah, and I also I am glad they brought Camilla back in. I don't know that I needed Camilla to be living with Gonzo, you know, like I don't need them to be married, but it is better <laughs> for her to be around as opposed to the first half of the season where like Gonzo was trying to date women and it <laughs> right. seems like they had forgotten about Camilla. Yeah. And I do love how, you know, Camilla with, and Gonzo, it's like Han Solo and Chewie and like, you know, Chewie makes this weird grunt and then Han's like, Oh my God. And he like, you yeah. just said, and it's some like paragraph that Chewbacca just said. Right. And, and you know, and Camilla just goes, bark, bark, and he's like, Oh, you're the greatest girlfriend ever. You said I have permission to go out with the guys tonight. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. He understands it. Yeah. I thought yeah, it I was, that uh kind of a, a misstep or a misunderstanding of what makes Camilla funny in I guess it was the Muppets 2011 when there were a few times when Camilla would have a line and it would be subtitled yeah where like that's the defeats the purpose of the joke of Gonzo <laughs> right. understanding what she says when we can read what she's saying on the screen right it's almost like that moment in Solo when Han talks back to Chewbacca in his language you're like ugh no, 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 no. Yeah. Like Gonzo, like what makes it funny is, you know, she's speaking chicken and Gonzo speaking English and right. get it. Yeah. There were many moments yeah. in Solo that made me go, no, 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 oh, no, gosh. no. So, you know, <laughs> so anyway. I saw somebody, I retweeted this, I think the other day, somebody was talking about how they wish that they were, the, they were talking about the way they were subtitling the Swedish chef on the episodes of the Muppet show on Disney Plus right now. Oh. And, uh, and they were, they were torn. They were like, I don't like that it just says mock Swedish at the bottom. Oh. Um, know, do we do we want them doing you know flirty dur yeah know, like, like the liter- like the phonetic sound out Wunder, I don't know would that be, schmeared, would that be funnier that way I, I just don't know yeah I don't know there there was that YouTube video uh, of popcorn like uh, maybe I don't know right. maybe, might have been ten years ago now where yeah it had closed captions that you could turn on on YouTube but if you turn them on a lot of them were just like you know they asked us to write. Uh, closed captions for this video but it's Swedish chef so what were we supposed to do and then it kind of right. goes on like that yeah yep so yeah no, so apparently again the Muppet show it just has like a bracket that says speaks mock Swedish and the, the person's like that's not it's not funny like you need right. to actually have the the spell out of, of what they're saying and and that's one of the things that even in in the Muppets like the, the ABC series like the, I mean when 
when the chef is on, like it's it's pretty funny. Like him speaking the gibberish. Like nobody Spock spoke. Yeah, Spock. Nobody spoke mock Swedish the way Jim Henson did for some oh, reason. No. But um, but there's something like it's still pretty funny. Like you can kind of understand what he's saying. I mean, yeah, you that, can that's, understand more. That's really yeah, it's really hard to do right. to make gibberish that you can understand. And and like I said, Jim did it really well. Um, but they're but they're doing they're doing him okay and that's maybe no if you're going to subtitle it, you would do just the phonetic sound for it and it would be funny yeah yeah it could work but and or you could just put mock speaks mock swedish i don't yeah i guess for people who need the subtitles then i guess maybe that sort of lets them on the joke a little bit more if you if they can actually read like verndishmerdy flirty yeah like eat yeah. the chicken in der basket yeah exactly so yeah sure give give the swedish chef subtitles <laughs> uh, anyway, it's one of those things you just don't think about, and somebody's like, "I don't like the way they're subtitling." Right? This yeah, podcast. yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, as a whole, I think this is—it's uh, a very funny episode. I—I I think the the Robin story is pretty good. Uh, it, like I said earlier, it does feel like th- they probably approached this episode as how can we start to get Kermit and Piggy back yeah. together at the end of the season. Um. But yeah, yeah. It, it turned out pretty well. So now you, how do you think this uh, stacked up to the other episodes considering you watched them all in such a so, short period of time? So like, so like I was saying at the, at the front end, it, it, was, it was interesting to me sort of shotgunning through them because um, I think one of the reasons like, you know, I watched the first three and then I, you know, I just couldn't find the time to get back to it or I, you know, is is because when you watch one, then you have to wait a week and then watch another. And it's, it's a different experience than like watching one and then the next one starts right away. And then the next one starts right away. You don't really have time to, you know, be like, well, they're, they're, they're blowing it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like you, you kind of, you know, there's enough funny stuff that you're, you're kind of in. I mean, I, I, I really do laugh out loud several times at every episode. And it, again, it's usually a Pepe and Bill, Bill doing, doing Bobo. But um, you know, there's like you were saying, there's a, it's, a lot of episodes are really well written, like joke wise. There's usually enough yeah. there to keep you keep you involved and keep you engaged. I think they're in kind of in kind of shotgunning, you know, binge watching them. I think, in a way, help helped me at least overcome the shortcomings of the episode because I always had another one coming right away. Oh, okay. Um, and and so you don't get caught up in like watching it and then being like, you know, I don't like that Miss Piggy and Kermit are fine. You know, and then I had right. a week to sit there and think about that. Right. Um, it's just different when you can kind of just go from one to the next to the next. Yeah. You 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 do see, and I think the other thing that happens too is you actually do almost see like that turning point. You almost do see the show pivot. Um, and yeah. And I think definitely. part of it is 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 again when pizza comes in, which is a, another really great joke that that character. <laughs> right. Because um, he comes in, and it's what does he say? His name is Pache or something. Then he spells it out loud. Yeah, and then even Scooter's like, "That's the way you spell pizza." Um, <laughs> you know, pretty good joke, but but yeah. like that's the moment you can almost see the show turning. Um, yeah, and that's also the moment that that Kristen Newman stepped in as the new showrunner. Yeah, so the, I think I think you can you can you can actually almost you know see the light go on right there when you're watching them all in a row. I don't know if when you were yeah. watching them week on week on week on, if it was quite as obvious. You could you really notice that they're sitting there watching you know every watching them in a row. Um, the other thing that um, and you and I talked about this off the air a little bit is uh, it, it it's the guest stars feel, you know, like we were just talking about in this episode, they were like, find a celebrity, a list game, you know, host on the ABC network. They actually get some big hitters. They do in here quite a bit. And it feels like they don't know what to do with them. I, it, mm. We were saying earlier, the, some of them actually have a lot to do 
um, uh, um, oh God, um, <laughs> Renee uh, Reese Witherspoon. Like they actually give her quite a bit to do. She's one of the few. Yeah. That, like, actually, almost has like a storyline. A lot she of them does, come in, although they, that like, might be my least favorite episode just because of that. Like her, 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 her with Peggy. Piggy, yeah, yeah, and that's a really, a really annoying ending on that. Um, but but you know she's actually given something to do. that one feels like a guest spot yeah for most sure most of them don't most of the time like you get Imagine Dragons and there's a funny joke about their name oh look they're for, they used to be Imagine Dragons and now they still are right and they just um, sing a few lines of a song they sing like it. a few lines and you cut away and like Dave Grohl I would love to see Dave Grohl go nuts yeah with the Muppets and it's like just a missed opportunity so it's like it, it's it's like the the guests feel like novelty acts in here, right? And and as we were saying earlier, it's like it may, you know it's part of an attempt. They're like, well, it's a variety show, and variety show had guests, which is what they did so well on the actual on the Muppet Show. But but you feel like you feel like there's so much more. It, it's a fine line because you're like, I want to see more of the Muppets, but it's they they feel wasted a lot of times. You're like, why did they even bother? Yeah, they're only giving us a little peek at the celebrity, and then yeah, I mean yeah. like like RuPaul makes like a pretty good appearance but i'm like yeah. well but it's weird i kind of need more i need i need closure on rupaul here <laughs> right right more rupaul right so uh, well but, fortunately but dave, rupaul dave, came dave back Grohl's, from muppets now yeah dave Grohl's the one that i was just like oh god more dave Grohl. i need more dave yeah that would have been fun um and i know this is something like maybe we we tried not to be like well jim henson would have said this or jim henson would have said that but do you have any uh, thoughts on, you know, you know, you as a, a Jim Henson expert, what he would have made of the tone of this show or just uh, the, the the show in general? You know, I mean, the, the cool thing about Jim is he was never afraid to try something new. Right. So, you know, so I'll, I, I give them that huge anyway, right there. They were not afraid to go out there and do something new. I mean, you know, we always play, play the game of like if you're going to bring them up it's back to tv what would you do i mean i can i can hear the discussion going well you know we should try to do one of these you know office type parks and rec things with like you know the documentary style i mean i i can see having that discussion right and and you know trying to figure out how to work and then what's the setup well the muppet shows in a theater maybe they're you know it's it's 20 years later so they're doing a tv show and you know it's a talk show that's probably the closest we have there somebody asked me like would there ever be a variety show again and i said well you know i think the closest thing to it is late night um yeah and that's kind of what they were doing they're like well it's late night it's close enough to the variety show from the so so again i can i can see the convert i can see the conversations happening i can imagine. i think i think jim would say you know e for effort Okay. Uh, you know, you know, something like, you know, I mean, the Jim Henson hour, E for effort, you know, tried a well, lot yeah. of different things, a lot of different ideas, some of which didn't work well in the execution, other stuff, you know, again, he was right about, but it took us a while to go, oh, okay, that was actually kind of a funny idea. Right. And that's a good example, because the Jim Henson hour was definitely trying to do something that was not just let's do the Muppet show again. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and part of what happened with that show was the network got in the way. And, you yeah. know, you may have you may have had that problem with this show. The network may have gotten in the way. I, I right. You know, when Di- when Disney owns ABC, that's hard to let them get away with that. Of course. But, you know, it, it, it could be that, you know, network or, you know, <laughs> the suits thought they were the smartest guys in the room and, you know, wouldn't let them do what they wanted to do. And so by the time they get to the point where they're like, well, you know, if we're going to go down, we might as well hit something big. Yeah. And then you bring and then you start letting Bill Beretta direct and you bring in new showrunners like you can actually see that like they were starting to figure it out. So, so I think, so I think the setup actually made sense. I mean, I think it's sort of, you know, son of the Muppet Show setup in a sense. 
Right, um, like in a and, modern and I, setting. Yeah, so I can imagine that because again, when people are like, "What would you do for a modern Muppet show?" I'm like, "I just don't know." And then you know, and then people say, "What would Jim think?" And you know, again, my answer is, "I don't know." That's yeah. what made him Jim. Yeah. That's None what of made us really him know. Jim Henson. That's what made him Jim Henson. He would have figured something cool or funny out. Um, yeah, so, he would have come up with something that none of us could have possibly come right. up with. Right. So, so I mean, look, look at like you know, again, with with the way something like the Jim Henson Hour looked on paper when it first started. Like, remember initially within TV, it was going to be like you know, you get teleported into TV. It's the early days of cable. Remember when yeah. you had like seventy channels and. In, as a fan you would shotgun through all the channels like jim was like what if someone got sucked into the tv and they got you know shotgun through 80 different channels we could do all these different really funny things but that, that didn't ever really make it off the page but you know you can you can see elements of that showing up in you know the the later shorts where it was like the youtube videos and the you know the short the short viral videos that right. was overseeing so you know that's again jim jim being right at the wrong time yeah so yeah so but i, I do it, think it, it makes sense for the muppets to try to be at least somewhat contemporary yeah well i i don't know because i mean the muppet show is contemporary even as its conceit is very much out of the you know old school like let's put on a show it's a vaudeville theater yeah save the fan and save the family farm yeah yeah nobody nobody ran a vaudeville theater in 1976 no it's true it was an old idea um but no i'm i mean i you know the great thing about the Muppets is you, if, if you have the right people and you and you you think about it, you could make them work anything. But but again, you know you and I have had this conversation, Rand. The 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 setup is secondary to the characterization. Character drives the setup. Yeah. When it becomes about the setup, then you've got a problem. Um, and mm. I think that and I think that's kind of where you know where the Muppets where the this show started off. It was all about the setup. Isn't this funny? We're in the theater. And we're in a TV show and we're driving, we're driving carts around on the lot and people are falling out of the carts onto the ground. And isn't that funny? <laughs> okay. But that's well, not and really then also the about. Th- like in the early episodes where it's like the Muppets hate, like the Muppets are doing a show, but they hate their jobs. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Where, it, isn't, yeah it's nice it turned out that no, it's not that funny. Yeah. We all, and we don't like our boss and we, you know, it's, yeah. it's just, so, you know, the, the Muppets transcend the setup. It's all about the Muppets themselves. Yeah. And I and I think they're I think they were getting to that. Now again, we still had the weird you know the three writers living together in the group house like the real world or something. But, right. Um, but but I th- you know I think they were starting to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> if only we had gotten a season two. I feel like I've said that so many times on this. Podcast, no, I, I, I think you're right. And like I said, watching them all in a row that quickly, I was I was actually pleasantly surprised. That's you good. Know, because again, you don't you don't have time to concentrate on the words cuz you're kind of moving right on. Yeah, yeah. Um so and and there's enough funny stuff, you know, it's like John Lennon used to always say about magical mysteries. Like there's enough bits to keep you interested. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's enough bits to keep you interested until it kind of starts to find its rhythm. Yeah, there's always good jokes, so. Yeah, and, and again, there, every episode I got at least one or two really good laughs out of it, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, the whole way. Now, would I would I like to see Disney figuring out what to do with them moving forward? Absolutely. You know, I just I, I don't know where we go from here. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe not quite something like this again. Maybe I don't know. Maybe not quite Muppets now, but something more similar to that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Now, now again, here here's here's one of the one of the bits in in this in the series, and I don't think it was in this episode where you're like, okay, that's a Muppet sensibility. That's a Muppet joke. It's when Kermit's talking. And I think, and then finally he's like, Sam, Sam, talking to you. And Sam's like, oh, I thought you were doing one of those like talking head things. Yeah. 
And Kermit's like, no. And then later on, the joke comes back. And Kermit's like, why does everybody think I'm talking to the camera? Like, <laughs> that is a perfect joke. That is making fun of the format. And yeah. that's what they do. Like, I'm, that's making fun of, like, those talking heads you see in the office all the time. Right. I'm sure they would have done more of that as the show yeah. went on. So, so again, that's that's letting the character drive the drive the setup. Yeah. Like, they, like they're making fun of, you know, we've, we've been shoved into this format, and now we're going to make fun of it. I, that was a, that's a genuinely funny moment. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of potential there. But uh, yeah, I guess that uh, that's everything I have. Did you have any other final thoughts about the episode? No. Oh, like I said, I can keep coming back to just how damn funny Bill Burr yeah. right. <laughs> is. But, uh, but I've said enough on that. Uh, you know, if, but, but everybody, if you're going back and watching them, I, if you haven't watched uh, them at all, take the approach I did. Put, them, put aside a weekend. Oh, I mean, sure. Watching, t- watching 10 of them on a weekend, it'll take you like three and a half hours or something. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just want, and they're, they're, you know, and then go right to the next one. They're, they're very funny. Um, yeah. And again, you or, can, you can kind of get past the bumps in the road that way. Or if you haven't seen them since they aired and you're not sure you want to, maybe that's the way to, to try it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, I, I highly recommend, we had talked earlier about this and what, what would you recommend? That's what I would recommend. What sort of, sort of sit down, put a little aside a little bit of time and shotgun through a couple. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well then uh, with that, we can wrap things up for this week. Uh, everyone, please check out toughpigs.com. We're on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and various places. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. Uh, Brian, remind our listeners where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter, often yapping at me, Ryan Rowe. Uh, <laughs> I'm at I'm at Brian J. Jones. Spell out my middle name to find me. Uh, I'm also, my website is Brian J. Jones. You can find out more about uh, the books I'm up. But the primary place I'm doing to run my mouth is Twitter. All right, everyone follow Brian on Twitter. And uh, make sure you come back next week. Uh, when Joe will be uh, back in the host chair, he is covering the episode Generally Inhospitable. So make sure you come back for that. And thank you, everybody, and good night. Good night.